of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Hebron used to be called Kiriath Arba, after Arba, who was the greatest man among the Anakites. Then the land had rest from war. Well, today we uh, hear about Caleb, and uh, as we've been thinking about how do we have uh, soft hearts and hard feet, uh, we have this amazing example of Caleb who is wholehearted. He has a soft heart. His heart is alive, and all of it, the whole heart, is activated. It's alive to God. But he needs to have hard feet, and he did way back. He had very hard feet. Now, sometimes what it means to be wholehearted, to be alive in our hearts and to have hard feet, it means we have to go completely against the grain, against the tide, against the cultural tide, and that's what we see in Caleb. Well, uh, let me pray as we dive into God's Word. Uh, Lord Jesus... Uh, would you speak to us today, help us to grow with the mind of Christ, help us to have soft hearts and hard feet. Amen. So yes, today uh, we don't so much hear about Joshua, uh, we don't hear a lot about Joshua, we hear a lot about Caleb. Um, Caleb's faithfulness and bravery is right up there with Joshua. Uh, he's now an old man, as we heard, um, and, uh, and, and that means Joshua is quite an old man as well at this point. Uh, they're kind of, they're ready to look back on a life that they've lived and uh, there are chapters and chapters in Joshua about how the land is divided up 
you might find it's a little bit hard going. It's not the most captivating of reading to read through uh, some of Joshua. But in there, there are these little moments like this. So don't miss these moments. The reason we're focusing on this is because there's really powerful, special named moments uh, throughout even this dividing up of the land and allocation of land. Uh, there are amazing things that, that bring us into a bigger and longer story. And uh, Caleb is definitely someone you need to read about Caleb's story across multiple books of the Bible, uh, not just here in Joshua, um, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, Caleb gets a special mention because Caleb is different. Caleb stood out from the crowd. Uh, he went against the majority. He did what was right, uh, not what was popular. Um, he, he remained faithful and loyal solely to God and God's calling on his life. And uh, he did that from way back when he was younger. So he's now 85 and he comes to Joshua and he says, hey Joshua, remember that time 45 years ago? Remember that incident, that time where we stuck out our necks for what was right, that time where God saw what we did and it means we are now the survivors where everyone else fell away, we made it through. We're still here. Uh, so in uh, verse 10, Caleb says this to Joshua. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. That's 45 years of preservation right there. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. How is that for being sustained by the Lord in a special way? Being battle strong and ready at the age of 85. That is a wonderful thing. I think that's like saying 85 is the new 40. <laughs> But why? why? Why was Caleb uh, sustained in this special way? What was different about Caleb? And we actually have to go back. So this is drawing us backwards into the story to find out. And we have to go back to Numbers chapter 13, uh, Numbers 13 and 14, uh, if you do have your Bible and want to flick back to Numbers chapter 13, uh, this is back before Joshua was the leader. This is when Moses was leading uh, God's people out of Egypt and into the wilderness. And now they're, they're actually approaching the promised land and the Lord uh, spoke to Moses, uh, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders." So, at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. These are their names. From the tribe of Reuben, there was Shamua, there was Shaphat, there was Caleb, son of Jephunneh. Then there's Egal, Hoshea, that's Joshua, son of Nun, Palti, Gadiel, and there's the others. So, there's 12 of them who get sent in as spies. They go and scout out the whole land and they come back. Now, here's what they say. Ten of them, 
All 12 of them come back, but 10 of them, this is what they seem to say. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. So 10 of them are kind of discouraging, dissuading, saying, no, 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 don't go in there. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people, they are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report. So they're grumbling, spreading a bad report amongst all the people, discouraging everyone about the land they'd explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. They come back and they come with grasshopper goggles on. They look at themselves as grasshoppers. They're small. They think of themselves as small and they're trying to tell everyone, we're small, we can't do anything, we're helpless, we're powerless. But as the story goes on, and you can read about this through uh, Numbers into chapter 14, Caleb and Joshua press the case and say, no, we can, we should. God is calling us into his promise. We should go forward. And they say, don't be afraid. The Lord is with us. But even then, even then, the crowd go against them. They want to stone and kill Caleb and Joshua, because they're trying to encourage and build up and go forward. They're threatened with their lives. And so that whole story is a mess. It's a complete mess in that moment. The people of Israel, they mess it up entirely. And so the path to the promise takes a long detour. A very long detour. But even then, Caleb gets given a gift. Even in the mess, he is rewarded for standing up, for doing the right thing. Uh, If you do look at Numbers chapter 14, I've got a verse for you. If you've got a physical Bible, this is the one to start highlighting uh, with your highlighter. It's a lovely phrase. This is Numbers 14, verse 24. God says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. He had a different spirit to the grumbling crowd. A solid, wholehearted, wonderful spirit that was solid in the Lord. If you've got a physical Bible, highlight that and then ask the Lord God to transform you into that description for yourself. Because my servant has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. 
So Caleb's different spirit made him stand out from the crowd and uh, 45 years later, he gets to cash in on his uh, reward. But we shouldn't, we shouldn't skip over the mess of that incident, that one bad report, that uh, whinging and complaining and negative, destructive, undermining talk. It caused so much unnecessary pain and trouble and grief. Uh, God still had a plan and a promise to take them into the land which was their inheritance. Uh, God's plans do not fail. But when God's people are disheartened, uh, when their trust falters and they descend into a complaining culture, things take longer and they're harder. They take a longer route to get where God is taking them. Anxiety and fear took over for them. They put on those grasshopper goggles. We feel like grasshoppers and they think we're grasshoppers. And so everyone and everything is too big and scary and all the problems are insurmountable. Friends, do you have grasshopper goggles on? It's an important question. Do you exist thinking of yourself as really small? and that every problem is insurmountable and huge around you. If you do, take them off. You are not a grasshopper if you live under God's plans and purposes. You are actually an extraordinary force for good when you simply do what God has asked you to do. I did some uh, IT work for an organization once and there were all of these complexities about uh, getting this one system, this one IT system uh, to talk to another IT system. And uh, it caused huge problems around the whole organization and everyone was complaining. It caused the entire organization to get into this huge complaints about these two systems that wouldn't uh, talk to each other and no one could solve the problem. Uh, every level of management and every department was gossiping and whinging and uh, there were divisions and people's jobs were actually on the line because of this uh, one thing. It turned out all it needed was one username and a password <laughs> and someone who could put it into the code to get them to talk. One simple little thing. And some, all it needed was someone to step up and, and actually look for the problem and find the solution, to have the courage to not get caught up in the political games and the gossip and whatever, to actually look at what needed to be done and to go and fix the problem. Everyone else had gotten into this habit. It was so much easier to just gossip and complain. It was almost fun. It was almost part of the culture. It was entertainment to stand around, have coffee, and talk about this one thing that was tearing the organization apart. And all it needed was someone to go and get the username and password. Problem solved. It's really easy to see the problems in life. Uh, it's really easy to get negative and caught up in fear. As God uh, takes us forward through life, there are always obstacles. There are always obstacles. There are always problems for us 
to face. And we can choose to look at them as though they are insurmountable and that we are grasshoppers and we can do nothing about them. And of course, the anxieties that we feel can be like light switches waiting for us at every doorway that we pass through. And over the last two years, we've all had plenty of things to complain about. We've had two rotten years. We've got every reason to whinge and to face and to back down from challenges. It's really hard to actually get back to normal living right now. It is hard. But we have a choice. Each of us have a choice. We can feed the complaining culture. We can feed the grasshopper goggles. We can encourage everyone else to be disheartened. Or we can stand up like Caleb and say, when we are in God's plan, we are unstoppable. When, when we are living out Christ's love, we are unstoppable. We can do this. Caleb knew the provision and faithfulness of God. He was someone who acted boldly under the powerful hand of God. Our God who raises the dead to life, who brings new life out of ashes and he causes us to sing a new song. That's a different spirit to the general tide of culture. That's the spirit of God moving in our hearts. Now, of course, it's, it's important to point out problems. If there are challenges, don't ignore that they exist. They need to be addressed. Uh, but causing yourself to lose heart and causing others to lose heart is not good. We need to trust in God who builds his church. Jesus is the true vine and the spirit bears fruit as we trust in the goodness of God. Don't take any unnecessary detours because of those grasshopper goggles. Uh, well, the reward for Caleb was a house and land package. And um, if, you, uh, if you look carefully, though, uh, you'll see that uh, Caleb's house and land package comes with squatters. <laughs> um, and... And so we might think, well, you know, he just, he had to do a hard thing way back when, and he, you know, he stood up and now he's just waited his time for his reward. Well, the reality is he needs to be a battle-ready 85-year-old because he's still got work to do. It's not this kind of easy reward that just comes out. It's not just, you know, here's a lollipop, off you go. He has to keep working. And so it's important for us to think about, well, what is the reward? How do we think about rewards? Is it like, you know, do this good thing and you get a sugar hit later? Do this, do this act of kindness or do this act of love and God will reward you with a house and land package later? That's not a helpful way for us to think because Caleb had no idea. Caleb, when he was young and he did the right thing, he didn't know that he was going to inherit anything. He didn't do it for a reward later down the track. So it would be a mistake for us to read this and go, well, the moral of the story is that Caleb, you know, he, he did the right thing because the good was coming later. 
It is much more helpful for us to think about obedience in the moment is the reward. Standing up and doing the right thing, to act in love, to sacrifice even, is the reward because we stand with Jesus. When it hurts, when love hurts, we are Christ-like and that is the reward. It's not that we'll, you know, we, we make a sacrifice now and we'll get something more later. Maybe that's true. Maybe God will reward us. But for us, it needs to be in the moment, seeing the reward. The reward is living in God's story right there and then. Sometimes the reward is standing alone with very few friends and very few smiling faces except the smiling face of God on you alone. Jesus himself hung on a cross. He was completely against the tide of cultural pressure and yet he remained faithful to God's story because that was the joy set before him. So friends, may you each have a different spirit like Caleb. Uh, may the Holy Spirit empower you with faith in the greatness and the goodness of God. May you have courage to speak in a way that builds up instead of tearing down. And may we all have patience uh, to receive that final reward found in eternal life. Amen. I'd like, to, um, I'd like to finish with a prayer to share with you. Uh, this is a prayer from um, Augustine of Hippo, and uh, I think it uh, sums up well where we are now. So let me pray this. God of our life, there are days when the burdens we carry chafe our shoulders and weigh us down when the road seems dreary and endless, the skies gray and threatening, when our lives have no music in them and our hearts are lonely and our souls have lost their courage, God, flood the path with light. Run our eyes to where the skies are full of promise. Tune our hearts to brave music. Give us the sense of comradeship with heroes and saints of every age and so quicken our spirits that we may be able to encourage the souls of all who journey with us on the road of life to your honour and glory. Amen.